Only I can change my life. No one can do it for me. That is a quote by Carol Burnett. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from TrinaMartin.com is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 42. The topic this week is stop spot cleaning your life. My guest this week is John Gray. John is a business owner and author. John's carpet cleaning business one day led him to have an epiphany. He realized that how he was spot cleaning his client's carpet was exactly how he was operating in his life. Hi, John. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, we've been talking and you're so interesting and I wanted to have you on the show. You have been in the carpet cleaning business, but you've also written a book. Tell me how that came to be. Well, gosh, my parents, they divorced when I was around seven or eight years old. And my mom, she was working two jobs. She comes home one night after working and she's cooking dinner for my brother and I. And she and right after, instead of going to lay down and rest, she gets down on her hands and knees with a bucket of water and she starts scrubbing our carpet. And I'm like, oh my gosh, mom, let me let me do that for you. Well, I took over that job from that day forward. And it made me feel good because I was kind of helping my mom, but also making her house look good. And then now fast forward a couple I don't know, maybe a year or so. And the carpet got past the point of me self-cleaning it. And it was around Thanksgiving. So my mom called this company. And long story short, they were supposed to do the entire house carpet for like 20 bucks. But the guy gets there, he high pressures, uses that high pressure sales and convinces my mom to do a high price cleaning, but very low quality. And all the spots came back like a month or two later. My mom calls the company. They tell her, I'm sorry, man, your job is not guaranteed. And they hang up on her. I was super mad. And fast forward to, you know, I'm 19 years old and I get my first job helping out a family friend, coincidentally, as a carpet cleaning assistant. I see he's making good money, but I also see that he's trained to treat people the way that guy treated my mom. So I save my money started my own business and became very successful very fast, just based on treating people the way I wish my mom would have been treated. And I get married, go through a real toxic marriage, get divorced. And then fast forward, I asked God into my heart and gosh, things are going really good. He's helping me really build my business. And then I discover that the carpet cleaning industry has this problem with spots that come back after they're cleaned. And, and I always hear customers say, gosh, I don't want to get my carpets clean because they're going to get dirty fast. Well, I figured out how to prevent, correct, and restore that problem. 
And then sure enough, a few late, few years later, I am married to my beautiful wife. And, but the thing is, is we have two beautiful children. And now all of a sudden, all the spots that I thought were gone from my childhood start reappearing. And they like are wanting to take my second marriage out. Like they are on a mission to destroy me. And I basically take a five-year mini retirement from building my business into researching like how are these spots reappearing in my life and I decode my process for carpet into a principle driven formula to do for my life what I do for carpet and I ended up my marriage was on like its deathbed if you will and so is my business and my marriage now is stronger than it has ever been before using this principle driven process my business is back and my relationship with my children has never been stronger. That's basically how I came up with the book. And it's, I, I just learned that I, how my clients spot clean their carpet. I was spot cleaning my life. So yeah, and I, I followed my system to heal and restore my marriage. And people, my sphere of influence that know me, saw the deepest, darkest parts of my life and now have seen the transformation on not just my life, but my marriage, my relationship with my wife and children. And they started asking, what the heck is going on? What are you doing? And I started kind of teaching them this process and they started them for mine. Tell me what you mean by you were spot cleaning your life. What exactly were you doing? Okay, well, spot cleaning. So when... Uh, Somebody gets, I'll give you an example. As a spot cleaner for my, for my life, um, let, I'll give you an example with my daughter. One time I, uh, we, I was helping her plug in this little nightlight and it had like this really pretty shell on it to kind of ref guard the light, make it kind of dim but it was like a designer shell that had these different colors of glass. And it was, it was one of a kind. And as I was positioning that shell onto the light and plugging it in, it broke. And my immediate reaction was, I'm so sorry, honey. I, oh my gosh, I didn't mean to. And that is basically the same as a spot getting on a carpet, getting some spot cleaner from the cupboard, spraying it and kind of agitating it, and the spot goes away. And spot cleaning is, but the thing is, back to that carpet, so you spray it, you agitate it, the spot goes away, but why is that uh, a mistake? Why is that, um, it, the answer is, is it's an incomplete process. And the reason why the spot comes back is because there was spot cleaner left in the fibers of the carpet. So when I say, oh, shoot, I am so sorry, I didn't mean to, it's like getting that spray bottle, spraying it, it goes away. But what's left in, how does that affect that other person? It, it, it doesn't really help that person. Because if another accident happens and I say, I'm sorry, it kind of takes away a little 
piece of that puzzle that builds trust. Does that, does that make okay, sense? Okay. So I guess what you're saying is um, basically with the spot cleaning analogy, I guess you're saying that you're, you're patching, you're putting a, a, a bandaid on a, a bit cut. Is that kind of what you're trying to say? Yeah, kind of. It's like you're you're uh, you're taking the fast, quick brush the dirt off mm-hmm. the surface, cleaning. and it's it's really you don't know how it's going to how it's impacting the other person, but it's going to have impact on that other person, correct? Yes, it will have an impact, and especially if it happens um, more than once in steps and cycles. So every single time. You just say sorry, or I didn't mean to, or you switch it to it wasn't my fault, a more aggressive mm. cleaner. You're leaving cleanser behind. Okay. And the spots that come back are not actual spots, they're soap rings. Mm, okay. Okay. And it's impossible to eliminate a soap ring with more spot cleaner. Mm. Hmm. It just compounds the problem. It hides it for a little bit. It masks it. But what's brewing underneath is a bigger, more complicated so problem. So how, how did this play into your life growing up? Because did you have siblings? Because um, you said your parents divorced when you were young. Did you have siblings or were you the only child? Yes, I, had, I have a brother and two sisters. And so how it plays out is, you know, my, my parents get divorced and I want to make that spot go away, but I don't know how. So, so my original spot cleaner was questions. How, how can I make this better? Is, was it something I did? And their spot cleaner was, you have no right to know this is none of your business. It has nothing to do with you and, and move on. But I couldn't process that. I couldn't accept that as a kid. So because my questions weren't answers, answered and I wasn't heard, I then started acting out. I, I, I really didn't know what else to do. And because I acted out, I got punished. And that confused me. So the more I got punished, I took my acting out to new levels. And so did their punishments to the point where I was having to clean myself because they would get branches, have me take the leaves off and my clothes and they would whip me. And that scared me. So I started acting out even more and started hanging around the wrong people. So then they leave me, they they abandoned me at an orphanage to, to scare me straight. And my, I, remember, I remember standing on the concrete, the steps to the orphanage, and I think to myself, am I going to either go inside and just live a new life, or am I going to try and run right now and escape? But thank God, my mom, she pulled up. She let me back in the car. Are you going to behave? And I said, oh, my gosh, I will behave. And got home, and from that day forward, I started doing you know, more spot cleaning by doing chores helping around the house and being a good boy, trying to get better grades. And then I'm about 13. My dad comes over to pick us up, but he, he sits on the couch, my brother and I, 
and he says, boys, it just came from the doctor. I have cancer and it's not good. And I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't ask questions because that didn't work before. So I couldn't be good anymore. I just felt like I was defeated and deflated. So I started acting out again. And then I started doing substance abuse. And now fast forward to when I'm like 15, 60, my dad dies. And at the funeral, the preacher, he's, he's telling the audience what a good guy my dad was and how much he loved Jesus and this and that. And I could just, I was fuming. And I wanted to go on this rage because I felt like if, if Jesus was so good, why wouldn't my dad share this with me? And I felt betrayed. And I go on this mission to just kind of wreak havoc on society. And I wanted to either die or be killed. But I end up getting incarcerated. God gave me the gift of incarceration versus death. And I go on this mission to become powerful, to take power of my life. And I was successful doing that. But then when I get uh, come to get paroled, I get out and I realize um, I just I just want to be happy, but I can't be happy because I was going in and out of the system, and I felt like shoot, the only way I'm going to not get institutionalized is by becoming uh, more responsible. And I thought to myself, hmm. well, I need a relationship, so I ha I get a relationship, I get married to my first wife, and we're both substance abusers and she's an alcoholic and it just gets ugly fast however we have our beautiful baby daughter and a year later the joy comes but it doesn't take root all the way and the marriage ends in divorce and to get rid of that spot drugs were not working um i i i, I endured physical pain from the grief of not seeing my baby girl every day and i just remember asking god i'm like i think back to when I was a kid, because after my parents got divorced, my mom forced us to be um, altar boys. And I thought, gosh, you know what? Things were going pretty good when we were altar boys. And I said, God, if you know anything about happiness, would you show me? And I kid you not, the next day, uh, well, let me just back up. I slept that night. I was able to sleep without drugs or anything. And the next day, I decided I'm going to listen to these uh, teaching tapes that my mom got me years ago that she had told me, hey, you need to listen to this, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, this lady's talking about how bad her life was and said, if you do what I do, God could do for you what he did for me. And I said, shoot, sign me up. And my life just started changing right then. And things started getting better and better and better. But I realized after 10 years of being a Christian, not only did I use drugs as a spot cleaner and, and being a businessman as a spot cleaner, but I also used Jesus and, and God as a spot cleaner. And the epiphany changed everything for me. It, it, I just, I couldn't believe that I was, I thought I loved God and I did, but it wasn't an unconditional love. It was conditioned. It was performance based. And I remember hearing him in a way from like maybe a movie or something. John, you don't love me for who I am. You love me for what I do. Just like your wife, just like everybody. Mm -hmm. That's um, 
that's interesting. And it's interesting that you use the, the spot cleaning analogy because people do that in life instead of trying to really sit down and evaluate themselves or see what the problem underlying problem is. They just do things to mask it, to, um, put a, put a bandaid on it, so to speak. Um, so it's, it's interesting that you, like I said, that you called it that, but then the, the epiphany that you had, I mean, and I think we all have some kind of epiphany at some point in our life when, when we're going through things and it's up to us whether or not we heed what, you know, our instincts in, in God or whatever, you know, you want to call them speaks to us. So you took that and you said, I'm going to turn my life around. What exactly did your journey look like from that point forward? Okay. Well, my marriage was done. I mean, she was my, all of my belongings were outside. She threw it out. Um, my business had flatlined. My relationship with my kids was disintegrating. And what I had always done was, okay, I thought to myself, money will make it better. And I go, I went to a seminar to build a business so I could, you know, provide more finances. That didn't do it. And we went to counseling for years. That didn't do it because it was always treating the surface. Like we would go into counseling for an hour, $150. And all it took was one question from this therapist. He would say, oh, so what's going on this week? And one tiny little thing would be blown up into an hour conversation that wouldn't even get resolved. And like I said, only treated the surface, but put the push the root issue deeper. So I, I'm done with counseling. And I, I ended up going to this, uh, enrolling in this business mastery course. And I learned more or just as much about my life as I did business. And I started, I learned about these, these principles. And I started applying them to my life. And I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, this stuff is starting to work. But on top of the applying the principles, I then started looking at carpet. And the biggest problem with carpet and consumers is they buy the carpet based on what the manufacturer touts. You know, they say, oh, this is a stain-resistant carpet. It's uh, state-of-the-art. It's going to last 20 years, and it's a lot of money, and they buy it. But what happens when they buy it and that spot gets on the carpet? Well, because they are uninformed and they are focused on getting rid of that spot and they're focused on a short-term goal, that's what they get. And when I looked at that, I said to myself, well, part of the problem with carpet is they have short-term goals. They need a compelling vision for their carpet so that when a spot does get on it, they don't spot clean it. They do what's in alignment with what's going to achieve that compelling vision. 
Well, now to my life. I realized that when I was trying to get rid of spots, for example, like a financial spot, a mortgage payment, and I thought to myself, shoot, we need to pay the mortgage. I need to go work more and make more money so that we can get that paid. But what that is, it's, it's, I was going after goals that were really just unmet needs. And when I had that epiphany about having a such a large compelling vision that I would do it even if I didn't have bills because it incorporates my passion, my desires, my gifting and talents, it was a game changer because it gave me direction in my decision-making process. And because of that direction, I have now totally kind of remodeled, if you will, my entire business based on that process. And now in the heat of a moment or the heat of a, a life stain, I can make a decision instantly and not spot clean, but a decision that is aligned action with that compelling vision. So honest to God, Every day, I'm living my vision instead of going after the vision and going after unmet needs where that leads to one step forward and two steps back. I'm over all that. I, it's, oh my gosh, it's a game changer. Mm, that's, that sounds amazing. Can you, can you share just a couple of really specific things that you've done to get you here, like maybe give me one thing in your business and one thing in your personal life that's specific to that game changer? Okay, well, yes, absolutely. So the first step in the process for carpet and for life is inner and outer awareness, okay? Because when a spot happens on a carpet or on your life, it impacts you. And a lot of times you, you are aware of it, but it's, it's just a subconscious awareness. It's, it's just a normal thing. And so that spot happens. Okay, how does it impact you? What does it trigger in you? What, what kind of thoughts is it triggering? What kind of physical reactions is it triggering? And after that, what does that cause you to do? Like, because once a thought happens and then a feeling happens, it triggers and creates a reaction, right? So you're either going to take an, a reaction or action that is designed to get rid of that spot right away, or you're going to take an action that is in alignment with that goal. But the so only way you can take that action is by being totally aware of how that spot impacts you so once you feel that feeling instead of that feeling triggering you to react it triggers you to think and envision your compelling vision so that you can process that thought and feeling in a way where you are able to detach from your ego and connect to that compelling vision because that compelling vision is so strong and so powerful, it allows you to stand on the side of restoration versus 
spot cleaning for that quick brush the dirt off the surface result. Mm. Now that was profound. How long? Better. How yeah? How long did it take you to actually realize that to actually get it down and and, and to see clearly that that's what you needed to do? Because a lot of people don't get it. And whatever that it is in their life, a lot of people don't sit still long enough for them to say, okay, what's going on? And to get like, you got your epiphany. They can't get theirs because either they're, they're shame or they're blaming or they're, they're just so unaware. And I love that you said, you know, be aware. And because that's what I'm big on the self-awareness and mindfulness how did you get to that point and how long did it take you? Well, I am, I'm naturally, um, an overcomer. It's, it's, I don't try to do it. It's just how I'm wired and I, I don't take credit for that. But with that overcomer, I'm also just naturally very competitive and very driven and passionate. And when I get something in my head that is, um, I know it's achievable, but I just need the links to get there, the instructions or direction or blueprint, uh, I, I don't quit until I get it. And for example, my business, it, failure was not an option for my carpet cleaning business. And another example with my marriage, my second marriage, now my first marriage, I it was, you know, what can I do? It, it's behind me. But my second marriage, I went to knowing the weight of what I was doing. And I went into it saying to myself and to God in front of 200 people, failure was not an option. Now, I didn't say it bluntly like that, but in my mind, it was not an option. And I just remember, like, I, I was speaking to you about the, the t teaching tapes that I was listening to. And I, I remember just having this conversation with God saying, you know what, you, I understood that you promised me double for my trouble. And you know what, gosh darn it, I have had a lot of trouble in my life. And this is not what I signed up for. I didn't sign up for a second divorce because I never would have asked you into my life, nor would I ever have gotten married. And that's when this, that blunt truth from me to him started this ongoing conversation and I started realizing through going through living my passion of going to business seminars. I remember this, this guru, he says, where are you? Where do you want to be? And how are you going to get there? And I couldn't answer these three questions that I'd answered at least 50 times in my life before having to do with business and achieving those goals. And all of a sudden, after he asks, where are you, for the third time, I hear this voice in my head amongst 500 other carpet cleaning business owners say, the question was, where are you? John is, John's marriage is on the brink of failure. His business is flatlining and his relationship with his children is almost gone. And I, I could not believe, I mean, I was like looking around the room to see if anybody else heard this voice. And then the guy asks again, 
where do you want to be? And that small voice, I couldn't answer that question, but that small voice says, John wants to be, have a transformational life. He wants to have a marriage that is so strong and that contributes back to other families and that helps people get through their issues in a way where they go away and stay away and they have restored marriage, restored relationship. And then that third question, how are you going to get there? And that still small voice, I kid you not, so help me God, that small voice says, John will never get there. If he keeps doing what he's been doing, he'll keep getting what he's been getting. And I kid you not, a little while later, that conference ends, I go home, and, and right there is what compelled me to take that five-year mini retirement. I, I was just shocked. I was stunned. And I went on this search, and, and that's how everything was born. I just had this newfound awareness that I was my biggest problem. And guess what? Here, here's the amazing thing. I mean, this is so remarkable to me because I kid you not, my marriage was done. I mean, my stuff was out. How's that? I thought my life was completely ruined. But what I thought was ruined wasn't ruined at all. It's just like with carpet. Like my customers that think their carpet is ruined because it looks like it had been soiled and spot cleaned one too many times. My life wasn't ruined. It just had enough residue in it to clean 10 families like 10 times. So I learned the restorative cleaning process and I was able to start rinsing the residue out from the top of the fibers to the base and backing. And oh my gosh, now that all of that residue is gone, and guess, guess what the residue, I guess how you get rid of that residue. Like for my, for my carpet cleaning clients, sometimes they have just enough detergent and all we have to do is just rinse it out with just pure water and it comes out beautiful and the spots don't come back. So I have this saying at my company, I teach my technicians, okay, if you don't know what kind of soil that is, when in doubt, rinse it out. And that way you can't hurt the issue. It only helps it. And it's a process of elimination. Well, my wife and I and my kids were at the beach camping at my favorite place ever. And my, I noticed my wife, she's in the water and the waves are, you know, going over her and my son. And then my daughter, I didn't know it, but my wife was smiling at me and I was smiling at her. I was in the sand, nice and warm and just kind of laying out in the sun. And all of a sudden I feel this bucket of cold ocean water on my head and on my body and my wife, she's cracking up. Well, my little girl, she pours that water on me. And I, as I see my wife, like really happy and kind of joyous in the moment, I think to myself, John, with life, when in doubt, rinse it out. And I remember asking God, what does that mean? What is the water for my life? And it's unconditional love. It's being able to love somebody right where they are, no matter how dirty the situation is, and just being able to not just stay there, 
but love them at a frequency they actually feel and receive. And it makes them feel heard, understood, and important. And when I learned that, oh my gosh, loving my, my wife and others unconditionally became not just my new normal, but a challenge. And the more it happened, the more unity started forming. And the more I started enjoying the absence of agitation and discord, and this started like growing and transmitting into business relationships with my employees and with my clients. And it's, I, I kid you not, I mean, I don't want to sound whatever, but it's contagious. Like it, it, it creates influence and it, it's, a, it's a learned skill. I, I had no idea. I mean, everything that I was doing for my wife and family, I was doing it out of love, but it was just, it, it, it was the wrong approach. My intentions were good. Kind of like a lot of people's, it's just the approach was off and it would defeat my purpose. But now it, it's, now it's just different. Wow. I'm just, I was sitting here listening to you and that's, that's, you know, it's amazing. Like you said, you know, God will give you double for your trouble, but you have to, he breaks you down for a reason and you have to be willing to be open to receive what that reason is to be built back up. And it seems like you took your crushing and you ended up getting built back up. And now doors have started to open for you. Your marriage was restored. Your business is doing well. Your children are doing well. Would you say that that's a correct assessment? Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, is so with spot cleaning your life, it's it's a downward spiral. There's there's no end to that downward spiral until you're gone and you're gone. On the other hand, with the restorative cleaning process, it's an upward trend that doesn't end. It just goes up in steps in cycles and it keeps getting better and better. It's, it's hard to believe, honestly, but I, w I, I could not believe it if I have not experienced it. Like I'm one of these people that I, it's hard to get me to believe something because I've been burned so many times. And if I haven't or hadn't experienced what I had, I, I wouldn't believe what I'm saying. But I'm telling you, I have the stains and traffic lanes to prove <laughs> that, wow, there is, it really does matter what cleaning model you follow. Well, now, before we um, started airing, you were saying something about having both and, do you want to go into that? Yeah, so the both and, you know, I here here's what I came to believe. So God, I, I I have this promise just kind of inserted into my heart, double for your trouble. Well, what I believe is that in order to have double for your trouble, you have to have a goal that transcends that double for your trouble. And it can't be something that I or anybody can accomplish without divine intervention. And it also has to incorporate 
your gifting, your talents, it, it has to integrate your personal life and your professional life and your marriage and your family. Otherwise, you'll be pulled in so many directions, you'll get burnt out. However, if everything is integrated and that big BHAG, what I call a big, hairy, audacious, God-given goal, transcends everything, as you're going for that BHAG, your unmet needs and achievable goals are met because you're taking steps in alignment with that BHAG. They, that when you achieve that BHAG, you can't achieve it until those goals are met anyways because they're fundamental to your success. And it might take a minute to do, and it might be hard to do, but let me just tell you this. Either way you go, life is not easy. It, it, it takes work. It takes being, it takes practicing mindfulness, and it takes being interested in others. And that BHAG, because it is so big, and it includes your gifting and talents, the other thing it has to include is it has to be contribution-based because at the end of it and during it, if you're not making a contribution to other people, it's not a BHAG and you're going to end up burnt out and you're going to hit a block wall because I've tried that way too and it doesn't work. It'll work temporarily, but it leads you to achieving financial success but it leaves you starving, kind of empty. You know, there's that famous hairdresser and he says, success without fulfillment is failure. And it led me to that. It led me to that kind of failure. So with this BHAG, it's just an amazing process because you're, whenever a spot comes up, your new normal is to envision that BHAG so that you can be in alignment with them and respond versus react so that you get rid of that spot. But in the process of you're building your trust, you're building your influence and it's, it transmits to your kids like, the way I clean up spots when I was a spot cleaner, gosh, I would not want my kids to do that. And thank God they were so young when all of this happened. Now their new normal, all they know is how to restore spots. All they know, I get so many compliments from teachers and neighbors. They, they can't believe like the emotional intelligence of these kids and how thoughtful and how responsible they are. And I'm not taking any credit because it's all, it, it's, it's the model I follow. I'm the same person. I'm the same person that messed up my life in my first marriage. I'm just following a different model with a different goal. That's, that's the only difference. And my point is, is people think their marriage is ruined, their business is ruined or whatever, their image is ruined. I got news for them. It's not ruined. It's not permanently stained or traffic lane. It probably just has enough soap in it to clean the whole neighborhood. 
Wow. Wow. So, whew, that's that's pretty deep. So we're going to go into the 10 questions. Are you ready for them? I'm ready. Okay. Who or what motivates you? Who or what? My kids motivate me. My son, Rocky, he, I, man, this kid, he is just amazing. And he goes after his passion. And he, he, I learn more from my kids than anybody on this earth. My kids are my answer. Okay. What demotivates you? Ooh. So I like to be heard. I like to speak. But rejection demotivates me. And that has been something that I have been working on overcoming. And the other thing that demotivates me is I have been working on standing for truth no matter what the aftermath is, meaning it could be a negative um, comment towards me. It could be uh, criticism or whatever, but that, that would definitely be a criticism or negativity. Okay. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good? Mm. Well, Right after my marriage flatlined and I, I, I had this epiphany that I, I just knew God could help me restore my marriage. I knew he could do it. But my wife at the time, I, I was Rocky. I was watching my favorite movie, Rocky Balboa, the second one. And he's like about to win the championship. And my wife comes down and she's like, why are you watching this movie again? You know, we have all these bills, blah, blah, blah. You should be out there working. And you, you're just a, a dreamer and blah, blah, blah. And that, that crushed me. And, and she has that secret key, that, that only key, that there, there only one exists. You know, people can say stuff to me and I have armadillo skin, but there's always that one person in your life that can just squeak through and just jab you. And that jabbed me. Hmm. Okay. What is your fear? My fear. Hmm. Okay. My fear is that, so my, my carpet cleaning process is, is now patent pending and it has been, and we're at the final phases of that. Now my process for carpet is is going to reveal that all of the patented processes in the industry as we talk are fundamentally broken. When that hits mainstream, I fear backlash. I fear um, I fear people trying to prove me wrong, but in that it gives me even more power and influence and authority, not just in the carpet cleaning industry, but in my life cleaning process as well. Because uh, what I'm basically saying is that the fundamental way of, or the ordinary way of cleaning up life stains, uh, I'm basically saying that's totally broken and incomplete. 
and when I speak to different groups, they understand it. But when there's like, you know, I'm talking to a psychologist or a, a marriage therapist <laughs> or a pastor or something like this, I do get resistance. But what I've learned is you can't, you can't judge what people say. You have to judge the fruit. So I, I'm also a little bit afraid when the fruit shows, wow, how are people going to receive that? <laughs> I mean, it's either going to go really good or it's going to create some animosity. And I don't want animosity for my family because I know that my, my wife and my children are connected to me. So they're going to get a little bit of that. Okay. Is there a time when you wish you had, when you wish you had done something that you didn't? Yes. I was a... Uh, about 15, 15 and a half, my dad was dying and I was out being a rebel, abusing substances. And my brother, he was able to be there for my dad. And he was able to be with him in his pain and agony. And when he left this earth, I didn't get that chance. I, I didn't let myself have that chance. I couldn't cope with the, the disease, what it was doing to him or what it was doing to me. I, I, so yes, that, that would be that time. Okay. Is there a time that you wish you had not done something? Is there a time that I wish what? That you had not done something. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I wish. Hmm. Well, you know what? I can't really say, actually, because I wouldn't be where I am now. And honestly, um, I have I have this newfound belief over the past couple of years that things don't happen to me. It happened for me. I don't care if it's good, bad, or ugly. It's pointing to someone or somewhere. And that philosophy has really helped me to see through the darkness of many people. Okay. And it helps me. Okay. What is your definition of success? Uh, the definition of success for me is is having fulfillment in every arena of your life and not just like kind of fulfillment. I'm saying like radical, clean happiness in every arena of your life. And you're doing something that contributes back to society and people in a way that your journey to that creates your happiness joy, fulfillment, peace, and security. Not just that, but it's transmittable to other people and your kids. To me, that is, is what success is about. How do you recharge? A lot of times I will go on vacation. Um, sometimes it's me time, alone time. Sometimes it is 
problems, uh, negative people, or something like this. When, when somebody says, you're not going to do this, or you can't do that, or that's impossible, that charges me if it's something that I'm passionate about. Okay. What are you awesome at? What am I awesome at? I am awesome at identifying, diagnosing, preventing, correcting, and restoring reappearing spots on carpet and life carpet. Okay. What legacy do you want to leave? Restoration. Mm. Restoration of life, business, organization, dreams. Wow. Restoration. Okay, John, give the listeners one motivational takeaway. One motivational what? Takeaway. Takeaway. You have a choice. You get a spot. What are you going to do? Pay attention to your body. What happens? Is it an argument? Are you being wrongly accused of something? Pay attention. Is the hair on your arm standing up? Are you feeling rage in your mind? Now, be accountable for that thought, for that feeling, and think about your compelling vision. If you like Trina Talk, please don't forget to go out to Apple Podcasts to rate and review. I want to hear from you. So if you're loving it, please let me know what you think. Let me know if there's any suggestions and how I can better serve you to give you that motivation and inspiration that you need. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs motivation and inspiration? Share the podcast with them as well. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you have questions for me or need inspiration on how to go to the next level, tweet me directly at Trina L. Martin.